You are listening to the Accessibility Corner on Dialogue Radio Network. The Accessibility Corner aims to bring you topics and resources for our local community of people with disabilities. So, here we go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's get the party started. everyone to another edition of the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. Today is, is November the 2nd, so, so what, three more weeks till my birthday, yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And well today in, in the studio, first of all I want to say hi to Mr. Abel Rodriguez, Leonard Lai, which is RT, my mom, my mom, my wife. <laughs> I meant to say my boss. <laughs> I meant to say my boss, sorry. My wife. Uh, Mike, Mike Garcia, which would be our co-host, and of course our special, special ghost, Mr. Oscar Vieser, but I'll call him, just so everyone know, I'll call him Mr. Mayor. So, uh, hello, Mr. Mayor, how are you doing, sir? Fine, how are you? Pretty good. So, first of all, we want to say uh, welcome to the Accessibility Corner, which is brought to you by the uh, law office of Stephanie Townsend Ayala. And uh, so, first of all, Mr. Mayor, so how you been, sir? I've been doing good. So how you, how's it been after you've been retired from public office, well, well, let's see how long I've been out of office. I've been out of office now four and a half months. Four and a half months? A little months? over four months, yeah. I bet you it feels great, don't it, sir? You know what? I, I, I do miss a lot of the things. I miss the people, you know. And when, when I talked about in one of my last speeches, you know, we talked about one of the things that was uh, – important to me and was the friendships that I was able to make the relationships and and that was always important that uh, it was about the lives and the people we got to touch and and you know I, I, I wasn't a politician when I went in and I was very very impressed that I wasn't one when I left <laughs> right yes sir and the reason why we have uh, mr. mr. mayor with us today is to kind of like we do with Lily Moore to show appreciation of what you've done uh, uh, mr. mayor because for the past four years when you were mayor I believe, in my opinion, the state of accessibility in the, sta- in the city of El Paso has progressed a lot. And we'll go a little, a little bit over the examples, but you were really a proponent of that, uh, Mr. Mayor. And can I ask you, like I, I've told you before, you know, you have nothing to gain by this, but w- w- in your heart, why did you do you know, what you've done? Well, I wanted to make a difference. And, uh, you know, I came from a very humble beginnings, and I was very blessed with some great opportunities in life and, and some great job opportunities, and I wanted to give back to our community. And uh, long before I got in the public office, I was giving back, and, and this was another way. And um, I, um, I, I, had a, I kept saying that it was really important that you put a businessman in charge, then you really can look at budgets look at what's going on and continue to to watch for the taxpayers and i did that more than once every time we would come and talk about anything at city council we would talk about you know um can everybody afford it we understand that five or ten percent of the people can afford anything but really how can a hundred percent of the people afford what we're trying to do and that was very important to me so when you know i I remember the days when my mom and dad both made minimum wage and there was nine people they had to support Wow. So it was really important that uh, we took into consideration, you know, everybody in our community. Is it true? I I never never really asked you this, but um, is it true that you your 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 salary you you donate your salary? I donated 100% of the salary to charity, and and uh, 
my wife and I um, actually would pick a different charity every month. And uh, Ruben Ramirez, which is from the El Paso Times, he, uh, for uh, the, his veterans organization, actually got my last donation uh, about a month and a half ago. We made sure that whatever was left, we, we were able to donate, and he got the last donation. You, you never heard of the George Foundation? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but that just shows, I mean, you're true to your word, uh, Mr. Mayor, because I know when we first met many years ago, four years ago, you know, as you know, I've dealt with a lot of politicians, and they're politicians, but you, honestly, you didn't have that tone. You didn't have, you were down low, you know, you would talk. As a matter of fact, the first time we met, we were talking about Aaron Jones and the UTEP football. Uh, and now he's plays for the Packers. Um, do you go to the games, by the way, Mr. Mayor, to the UTEP games? or? Yeah, you know, this year, unfortunately, uh, every time it seems like we've had a game, I've had a something that I've had to attend. and But uh, I, I really uh, am a big supporter of UTEP. I, I actually give them uh, – four cars to drive at no charge to the university and when uh, coach price um, came back and um, when when he retired i called him up and because he was a great el paso and a, a, a great advocate for el paso so i called him and i said what are you gonna do for for a car and he goes i don't know i don't have a car so i actually gave him a car to drive and he and um he'd been out of town and when he came back we got him another car so we we've given him a car to drive and because we've been great supporters dr natalicio has been a great advocate for our community and, and really has uh that she could have gone to a lot of different universities and probably uh, uh gotten paid quite a bit more than she's getting but she didn't look at it that way she looked at what she could do for the community and that was impressive to me so i've been a um, big supporter of utep uh, i ran in there and jones probably about a year prior to him getting drafted and he actually came up to me and asked me if he could take a picture with me and i did and i'd have to ask him <laughs> yeah yes sir yeah, yeah. so what can i ask you um Going back to accessibility, and, and I want my listeners to know that we used to meet with you quarterly, and we would bring up issues, you know, we have like an agenda, and I can honestly say all those agenda items, you personally were in the room, you would say, okay, I want this done, I want a report, and that's what I'm saying that you've really done, for example, I'll give one of the biggest examples, is prior to your uh, administration, Mr. Mayor, there was no funding for what's called curb cuts. Will will allow for on-demand curb cuts, where the city, uh, a citizen, could call in and say, "You know what? I need a curb cut in my particular neighborhood." And like I said, prior to that, uh, there was no funding. But then when you took over, now we have annually five hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot. You know that really picks up a lot. Hello, George. Uh, oh. We have a phone call. Yes, who is it? Yes, hi. This is uh, Marty Molina, George Savalas' mom. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Go ahead, Jim. We're on the air. Yeah, go ahead, Mom. Yes. Hi, Neil. I just wanted to... Was that for me or Mr. for Mr. Savala? I heard Mr. Leeser on the, on the broadcast, and um, I just wanted to personally thank him. Um, not only did we find a friend at the city council when we used to go, which was Mr. Leeser, we've learned a lot from him being a professional and uh, transparency of everything. So I'd like to personally thank him for um, helping us, me and uh, Georgie, in a lot of ways. And that uh, he is such a good man. Like I, he said, he donated his salary, which he didn't have to. He's done a lot for the city. And I just want to tell him that, me, well, I and Georgie miss him a lot. Can you hear him, Mom? He, and he, I know there's a lot of people behind him. Yeah. Mom, can you hear me? 
Yes. Okay, Mr. Lisa, or Mr. Merrick, can I say hi to you, Mom? He's, he's here. Yeah, when you said hi, Mijo, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, all right, thank you, Mom, for calling in. And I know Mr. Mayor, uh, Mr. Merrick has been a uh, big proponent for accessibility, and that's why we have him on the show. And So thank you, Mom, for calling in. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for calling yes. in, and, and uh, thank you for being a friend. Yes, and uh, happy holidays to you and your wife and your family. Thank if you. We don't get to see each other, but we keep you in our hearts and in our minds thank all you. the time. Thank you thank for that. You. Thank you, Mama. Sure. Okay, so to you, Mr. Mayor, you, you know you just made a big, uh, big impression, and going back to the five hundred thousand um, dollars. People may say, well, that, that's not much, but that does. It makes a big difference because one curb cut maybe runs around $5,000, so just divide that into the 500000 So and that's every year. So you, you stuff like that, Mr. Mayor, you, you, I hope you see that that made a huge difference in people's lives. And that's why, uh, you know, you may have been four years, but going to be a lifetime, trust me. Well, one of the things we talked about, and you and I had this conversation more than once, that uh, we ask everybody in the city of El Paso, to pay taxes we do so we need to make sure that when we look at budgets we look at things that we want to do that that everybody's included and uh, if we're going to ask everybody to pay taxes they're all going to be included in our budgets and make sure that that uh, we take care of everybody and, yes, and that was very important and uh, one of the things that you know we talk about accessibility is you know when i got elected I used to tell people that I didn't become the guy that knew how to become a police officer. I didn't know the guy that how to become a fire chief or the medical examiner or, or the health department or the city attorney. But I did get elected because of my people skills and be able to hire and surround yourself with the proper people to be able to do the job and then allow them to do the job. And I think we didn't micromanage. We really allowed the right people to do their job. And, uh, you know, one of them is your next guest uh, after uh, I'm, I'm done, Julio Perez. You know, mm -hmm. we, we actually uh, had the opportunity and the pleasure really to meet Julio when he was working for uh, Sun Metro and really saw his passion and saw how he really wanted to help our community and, and really work with us. And uh, he went and got the training, got the certifications, and really had the passion and the heart. And I mean, I was so happy to see the results of Julio. And you're right, every quarter we'd have a meeting and we'd take our notes. And then after that meeting, we would go back into my office and Julio would come in. I said, okay, Julio, we got all these things written down. I want updates, I want to see what we can do. And, he, and you know, he, he would take care of them. You know, I wasn't the guy that went out there and took care of him. He did. Yeah. And he would make sure it happened, and then he would come back and report. And we did. We got the things accomplished because we surrounded ourselves with the right people to do the right job. You know what you said, Mr. Mayor, is a lot of times attitude makes up for aptitude. And when it's coming to be a people person like you are, um, I think that did a lot in regards to pushing our agenda, which is accessibility. And another uh, agenda item that came up to, to play in your administration is uh, placards with Braille. Now every bus stop in El Paso has a placard that's made out of I believe it's, uh, aluminum that has Braille on that. And that's one of the things that you kind of push too. So there's a lot of things that the, the consumer or the citizen doesn't know, our listeners don't know, which that you've personally done you know, during those quarterly uh, uh, meetings. And that's what we want to say. Tell you, Mr. Mayor, if we appreciate that what you've done. Um, what would you say your biggest accomplishments, being besides meeting me, your biggest? <laughs> besides, well, you're a mayor, sir. You know, I I honestly that I was able to 
the day I left that I had a lot of friends and, and that uh, I bettered the life of, of the people of El Paso. We, 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 you know, when I took office and, and you and I talked about this because you were out looking for a job mm-hmm. and we Still talked am. about this, yeah. but um, we, um, we ended up that when I took office, unemployment was 9.1 and it was really important that we wanted to lower the unemployment and the lowest we got it while I was in office is 4.1. And we still have a lot of companies that are still coming in, a big residual of what we were able to do. But we got the unemployment down to 4.1. And when, when I ran for office, I'd, I'd, I'd get interviewed by all the medias, you know, whether it was the El Paso Times or any of the local TV stations. And they would say, okay, um, Mr. Leeser, tell us, what are you going to do if you get elected? I said, well, I'm going to create jobs. And they said, well, everybody says that, and nobody really does it. He said, that's just a line for people to get elected, and, and that's what they talk about. So really, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to go knock on doors, and I'm going to go build value and earn people's business to come to our community and see what we have to offer. And the next day, I'd pick up the paper, and I'd read, and i go, Oscar Leeser has no, no, no uh, platform because no one had done it. Well, I went out there as a businessman and showed them that I'd been successful. I took a car company that was selling 15 cars a month and then we got it up to over 400 cars a month. How did we do that by earning people's business and building value? So we did the same thing with El Paso and we were able to bring quality companies and create quality jobs to El Paso. And from 9-1 to 4-1 was, I mean, you could see how it really made an impact. So if I could say, one thing that, that really made a difference was the future of El Paso is, has never been any, any brighter because of the companies that wanted to invest. And we would go, we'd tell people that if they weren't going to pay the right salaries, if we weren't looking for jobs, we were looking for a future, we were looking for a home. And by the end of our conversation, these companies would talk about their family, and their family wasn't the people that went to home to every night. Their family was the people that were going to be their co-workers or team members in El Paso. And that was really important. Can I ask you, would you consider running for some other kind of a political office? You know, someday I think I, I would look uh, to do something again. And one of the main reasons when I, went, when I decided not to run for office was because I wanted to show people that everything I did was not because I wanted to get reelected. It wasn't because there was an election coming up when I vetoed the budget or when I vetoed the COs. It wasn't because... I wanted to get reelected. No, because it was the right thing to do for the community. And and if I was running for office, they would have said the reason why it was done, because Oscar wanted to get reelected. So Oscar was doing it to get reelected. Well, no, Oscar did it because it was the right thing to do for El Paso. And honestly, in just my personal opinion, I think your your personality, your uh, per customer service aspect of, of, of being the mayor and running the business, I think that's needed now back in El Paso because our community, our uh, city council is so toxic toxic right now, and that's just my personal opinion. But is it true that you may have, or you're thinking of running for Congress? No, I'm, you know, I'm not going to run for Congress. I've been mm-hmm. asked to run for Congress, but when and when I ran for office, people would ask me, says, will you run for a different office? Will you run for Congress? And I didn't want to use being the mayor of El Paso for a stepping stone to a different position. I really loved mm-hmm. what I did. I loved being the mayor of El Paso. I loved representing you and the other 900,000 citizens of El Paso. That was the passion that I had, and I wasn't looking to go somewhere else. And before I forget, you were talking about Mike Price. Just uh, a little thing here, uh, real fast, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we're putting together a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, which will be at Luby's, 
and uh, we're selling raffle tickets. And Miss Ayala donated a package. And when you, when you said Mike Price, her his uh, his daughter, Mike uh, Di- uh, Diamond Price, mm-hmm. actually stepped up. Yeah, I think last night she called, uh, messaged me that she wants to buy ten tickets at ten dollars. So I'm like, wow, that is awesome. So a lot of people do step up to the plate, Mr. Mayor, like you've done when you're a mayor. Because uh, like uh, my mom was saying, you donated your salary, which you didn't have to. I mean, you there's nothing to gain from that, and you've done that. And I think honestly, when you do run for mayor, or sorry, for political office again. <laughs> uh, I think you'll be well received because a lot of people that I've spoken to see the big difference in the way the city was run, the way the progress. And I will say this regarding ADA accessibility. In my personal experience, we had to cancel the last quarterly meeting, uh, Mr. Mayor, because it wasn't there no more. That interest wasn't there meeting with the mayor, which is the new mayor. And that's kind of sad that that, that enthusiasm was, has been lost. Hopefully we'll bring that back up because I think meeting with the mayor on the quarterly basis uh, progresses our agenda. So hopefully that gets started again. And, but the thing is that, just to let you know, that that, that residual, residual effect of you leaving office, it has dampened some people's hopes because, I'm not gonna lie to you, with this city council and the, and the mayor, it seems kind of bleak. But hopefully, one of these days we'll see you back in political office and, and give us back that enthusiasm. Um, I heard a rumor, and then I never really asked you, Mr. Mayor, because I thought it was personal. But we talked about it a little before the show. You, you, you were, you had a diagnosis, right, sir, recently? Well, while I was in office, I was diagnosed with melanoma, so yeah. I ended up having surgery. And believe it or not, it was really important. And I, and I think you noticed that I didn't want to miss meetings, so I would actually schedule surgery around the meetings and and make sure that, you know, when I went to MD Anderson I actually left on a Tuesday after a meeting and had surgery Wednesday morning because it was important that I didn't miss the meetings that I that I fulfilled my my commitment and uh, I've had actually I've had a couple follow-up surgeries since then the last one I had was uh, July 10th or 11th somewhere in there I ended up they they found a little bit more so they took a little more and uh, so but uh, so far the last uh, prognosis is that uh, Every uh, biopsy came back benign, which is awesome. which is excellent. So. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. You, and you will be you'll get back to normal, sir. And but and that, your, your energy is still there, right? I mean, you still. Oh, have absolutely. It. Like yeah. I said, I lost 55 pounds and I've gained 30 of it back. And I think after the the holidays, I should gain the other 25. <laughs> right. Pounds. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna gain another 20 pounds, but but the thing well, is, that's married life. Well, See? yeah, that's, so that's true. a good life. Yeah, that's true. I, hey, you can't complain about that. You know, I've been I've been with my wife over forty years, and she's my best friend in the whole world, and I I couldn't care for any individual more in my life than her. So yes, I get it. So let me go and ask Mister. Now, to do apologize, Mister. Out of sight, out of mind, Mister Garcia. I apologize. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Mister. <laughs> fast, Mister Mike. Uh, yes, my name is Miguel Garcia. I was born and raised here in El Paso. I'm 44, and currently I am working at Ready One Industries. Okay. Yeah, any questions for Mr. Mayor? Right now. Ow. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> that was the base there. No, I just yeah. wanted to say um, how's life treating you? How's everything going? Um, I mean, how does it feel that when you had that diagnosis? How were how was your reaction? How, well, I actually got the phone call when I was at uh, talking to the secretary of the VA, Mr. McDonald. I, I, I got a phone call, and they called me up, and I stepped out of his office, and it was the doctor. So, And really, 
probably the last thing I thought they were going to call me to tell me because it had been a while since I had the biopsy and he didn't seem very concerned. It was a doctor to call me to tell me it was stage two melanoma. Oh, wow. And that I had about two weeks because it was rapid growth and it was on my head, so it was very important that I got it out right away. And I'll be honest with you, first thing I said, okay, Oscar, you're not going to cry. You got to, mm. well, which I did. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that was hard to keep your composure. And then I had to go back in and meet with the secretary of the VA and go in there and talk to him for about another 30 minutes. And really, in my mind, I just kept going, I got to call the hospital. I got to get an appointment. I got to get in there. I got two weeks. And um, so it actually, I got the news while I was in Washington, D.C., as I was doing work for the city. And then um, I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't wait to get back to my hotel room. I actually sat outside of the hotel and tried to make my, you know, arrangements and everything to get everything handled. Wow. Talk about, how, man, that's the thing. How can you have done that, Mr. Mary? I mean, just flashing through your head, you know, the, the diagnosis and... Oh, well, now you're better, sir, so that's the past. <laughs> oh, I'm great. And, you know, you always want your family, and your family is your biggest support. And I was there alone. You know, mm. you weren't with your family. And, and you know, so you, you call, I called my wife, and, you know, I had to tell her over the phone what, what was going on. So that, that was a little tough. But you know what? I, um, I'm feeling great. I'm doing good. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing to, um, you know, be part of our community. Now, do you, uh, you, you you went to school here in El Paso, right? High school? Yes, sir. What high school did you go to? I went to Coronado High School, and I just got named Outstanding Excellent. Uh, yes, really? Coronado. Yes, I'm a yeah. Coronado okay. graduate as well, yeah. class of 92. Yeah, I got named Outstanding X, which was a great honor that, uh, you know, that 40 years ago, which is when I graduated high school, that uh, I would have been honored from our high school as an Outstanding X was was really yeah, that's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do you uh, did you go to UTEP or? Yeah, I did attend UTEP for for a while. I, I did not graduate from UTEP. I, like I said, my mom and dad were both minimum wage employees, and back in the seventies, that wasn't the big resources where I, where I could get assistance to go to college. And and I, my wife and I were together, and uh, I went straight to work. And um, but since I, I got in the car business, I've actually had quite a bit of uh, training and financial training through the automotive business. So I tell that if uh, you looked at all my training, I probably have a master's in uh, in accounting. Yeah, based yeah, yeah. On yeah. How, how long you have, have you been with Hyundai? Well, I've been with Hyundai. I'm starting my 17th year. I've been in the automotive business since 1979. Really? And I don't look that old. I know that. <laughs> no, to, me, to me, you look great. So that's no, I, I was actually 20 years old when I started in really? the car business. Now, is that do you is that true you you do sponsor is it your company that sponsors the Sunbolt? Yes, I'm. Um, I, I we've been sponsoring the Sunbolt. This will be the eighth year we're, we're the sponsor of the Hyundai Sunbolt, and we're the longest running sponsor ever in the history of the bowl game. Prior to us was six years, mm-hmm. and I think it was more of a mixture of Brute and Helena Troy, but uh, we've actually this will be our eighth year. We have a ten year commitment, which is really unheard of when when you see bowl games. And if you look, there's 40 plus bowl games across the country there's not one automaker that that really does the the sponsorship of a bowl game it's a very costly endeavor but i thought 10 years or eight years ago it was very important to do that to make sure that the symbol continued and had the proper sponsorship so we stepped up to it well well, what would you want what word would you want to associate your legacy your 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 mayor uh tenureship What, what would you want the one word to be you know that I was for the people 
Yes. Amen to that. Oh, yeah. I could say that. You know, it, it, whether it's uh, 4,000 people or 900,000 people or one person, we need to listen to everybody, and that's important. You know, I'm going to say something about that, Mr. Mayor, and, and, and that's what people don't realize, that even when we had the three minutes and we kind of went over the three minutes, you let us speak. You know, you hold, hold off and you know, let the person speak, not only for me but anyone else. And that's kind of, that's kind of been taken away. Uh, I'm not going to go into politics, but kind of taken away in recent months from the current administration. And uh, you did appoint me to two committees, which is the Accessibility Advisory Committee and the Citizens for uh, Advisory Committee for the Mass Transit Board. I do appreciate that because uh, that allows me to be more uh, inclusive into society to try to make those changes uh, and also to work with uh, Sun Metro. Uh, like you said, Julio Perez has been a big proponent also, but it just starts, it starts at the top, uh, Mr. Mayor, with you. And sometimes when we had issues, we'll come to you and you gave a directive to the certain uh, department saying, I want this, you know, look at, I want to follow up. And currently, we don't have that, unfortunately, that kind of structure, and hopefully we'll get it back. Um, but as of right now, going forward, do you say maybe in the next election you might be? Well, I would. I I don't want to start rumors, but uh, okay. I, I do. Um, I, I am looking forward to continuing to help our community. Okay, and we yep. need we need we need people like you, Mr. Mayor. And we really do, and especially now with it being so toxic, because you actually gave us people with disabilities to be more inclusive into society. Another thing that we, I don't know if you remember this, Mr. Mayor, you helped out with. Uh, introducing the when you really started with your 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 uh, tenure was as mayor, I don't remember we have uh, introducing Jaws into the libraries and rec, rec centers. Jaws, for my listeners, is a screen reader for people that are blind or visually impaired. And at first, there weren't any in the local uh, six branches of the library and the rec centers. And I bring I brought that up to you, and we moved forward. And guess what? Now there is. So believe it or not, Mr. Mayor, what you've done, regardless of what they say in the past. In my personal opinion, it's really progressed in the past four years, and that's why we need something. Something we need something that can make us inspire now. But unfortunately, hopefully someday when you're back in office, that'll progress our agenda. Because without individuals like you, Mr. Mayor, helping us, so we can help ourselves, we're going to be in the same situation where we're back in 1990. And I do appreciate it once again, Mr. Mayor. Um, right now. What what is what is your career like in, in the beginning of your day? Like how what's your hours? Like seven to seven? Do you work all day? You have I, well, mean, I sleep very little. I, that hadn't changed, but I, I get up early in the morning and I um I like to come to work and I've I've had a lot of um, things I've had to go to. I just received the Bravo Award and and uh, I've received quite a few uh, accolades lately, which has been really nice because that's really the report card. The report card is how does the the citizens of El Paso feel about the job you did. How do they feel how they were represented? Remember, that's the key. How do you feel you're represented by the people you vote for? And I walk down the street, and it's quite often, and I still get a lot of people that want to take a picture with me. They want to give me a hug, and they really thank me for the job that I was able to do or for just being myself, really, because that's what I'm getting thanked for, because I really enjoyed being able to be Oscar. Well, uh, how does that feel when you go somewhere to a restaurant and whatnot and somebody walks up to you and wants to take a picture with you? I mean, I, I think that would feel kind of awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, because you know why? You know why they do that, Mr. Mayor? It's because it's what you've done. Because if you're, if you're a, a negative person, they would say, you know what, I don't want to bother with him. But you just said it right now. People walk up to you and give you hugs because they appreciate. And more people with disabilities 
uh, you have really done a lot. And another thing I just remembered uh, that you've done uh, when you're a uh, mayor is that you also looked into the, the ballpark. You actually came with us, uh, I believe, once or twice when we did the inspections at the ballpark just to make sure uh, how accessible it was. And that, that means a lot. A lot of people told me that after that uh, inspection we had that the, you came along because you wanted to see it firsthand. And there's going to be other politicians saying, you know what, I don't have time for that. But you actually did that. You walked uh, the whole park. And someone like in my shape, oh my lord, that was kind of hard. But, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, when it comes to accessibility now, what, what, what's your perception as it is now, now that you've been to the mayor and, and your philosophy on that? Well, we need to continue to represent everyone and, and make sure that El Paso continues to be a friendly environment for everyone. So, and, and that will always be my viewpoint. Okay. And, uh, you know, when, when we did the funding, the $500,000, and we had it again for this year's budget, it was on a continual budget to make sure that we have the curb cuts, that we have the proper railings, that we have the, the, the proper placards, and, uh, you know, and have our meetings and make sure that we make the changes and that we listen. It's just not a meeting that we go there, take notes, and we walk away, and we said, okay, we don't have to be back for another 90 days. No, we, we started working and on the concerns and as you noticed if you remember correctly when when we first had our meetings the list was very long yes at oh, the yeah. end of the day when the last couple of meetings we didn't have very much on yep. that list because we'd been able to accomplish and do the things that we said we were going to do and that's important to make sure we keep our word not because we run for office that we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do yeah because i remember the first time it was an hour and a half and sometimes we would run out of time before we had the agendas and then going towards the last meeting we had we're pretty much good for yep. those hour and a half and one thing i forgot to mention also mr mayor which you've done a lot too is help uh not really restructure or kind of help out in regards to the lift because that you know if you remember we first uh we first first saw each other well we met each other uh saw blind guy saying that uh we uh, <laughs> we, uh it was about to lift and 50 of us showed up at city council and you took the steps in the city council in regards to helping us with that management. And that's kind of helped a lot, Mr. Mr. Mayor, because we use uh, persons with disabilities use the lift, which is L-I-F-T, not L-Y-F-T, um, to, to go within the city. And what, did, what was your idea or what was your, when you first heard our concerns, what, what came to your mind regarding the lift? Well, we needed, we needed to address them and change them, but we needed this, to get the right people to help us work with it. You know, Jay's been a great uh, ally to us. Jay Banachek has really done a great job. And Julio worked for Jay, and, and we were able to get Julio to work with us. But if you remember the first city council meetings, you know, they, they, um, the concerns and the complaints were quite a few. And then as we left, there was no complaints nope. because we addressed them. We took care of them. We took them serious. And not only me, you know, we had a great council. Ms. Lamone was very, very, yes. you know, uh, willing and wanting to do. Mr. Robinson did a great job doing it. Really, that, that we had a great council that, that really wanted to make sure that we represented the people of El Paso. And we did. You know, I forgot about that, Mr. Mayor. You actually helped uh, with, uh, if you remember last year, we had our first annual accessibility summit with the right. city sponsor. And that's another thing that you've done, uh, Mr. Mayor. So, I mean, I could go on and on. That seems to just pop into my head because I don't have notes, but I, you know, I just go off of memory. But you also helped with that. And we also had the, the sec this year we had one on July the 26th, and you actually came 
and you you give the welcoming speech, and if we give you more than three minutes, we give you five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you did tell me I only had three. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, you you know, did. But the point is that, uh, and that show, if you saw the, the 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 response you got in that room, Mr. Mayor, I mean, that tells a lot, doesn't it, to you when you see that those people, your friends, to see that welcoming smile and hugs. I mean, what did that do for you, Mr. Mayor? I mean. Well, it, it made me feel good because remember we talked about when I first took office, there was issues and, and there were legitimate issues that that uh, needed to be changed. There were complaints about us, about things that we as a city were not doing right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was really important that we took them serious and that we made sure that we made a change, that we changed them. And some of them were safety items. Some, a lot of the things we talked about were really items of, of safety that uh, we needed to take care of. And um, we took every one of them serious. We took them all as an opportunity. You know, when you say a complaint, it's really not a complaint. It's an opportunity to change, an opportunity to do something. I tell people, even my car business, when someone comes in and they're upset about something, I want to know about it because if I know about it, I have an opportunity to change it. But if you never tell me, then I don't have an opportunity to change it, and we're going to do it wrong again. So you, you all would come to our council meetings and give us that opportunity to change it to make a difference and make sure that it didn't happen again and it didn't happen to someone else and the thing that i really love about when you guys would come talk to me some of the things really didn't affect you but it affected people in our community people that you wanted to make sure it didn't happen to it wasn't all about you and, and that was important to me because it was about us and it's about how we can make a difference for others and and, and you were able to do that for us I george, george i just want to jump in here uh uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Oscar, for coming to the to Tortuga Studios, as I call it. Uh, this is the new wave of broadcasting. You know, I mean, you look you look at the local markets, and and where's the local talk? You know, it, internet. It, it, it's internet, and, and I started this thing called Dialogue Internet Radio. Mm -hmm. And George jumped in with us, and with accessibility, I still do dialogue, which is basically what I was doing over there at the radio station. But guess what? I'm on the World Wide Web now. You know. And my studio's here, and our IT guy, Leonard, fantastic guy, knows his stuff. When you can tell somebody that he started at DOS, DOS programming, <laughs> you, know, you know the dude's been around, you know. <laughs> exactly, you know. So, so he put us to up together, and, and I believe, and you know, you've known me for a long time, I believe that this is a legitimate media platform, especially locally, and, and that we get this kind of thought. Uh, what other station's going to give you all this time to express yourself the way you did without going back somewhere and giving you like 10 seconds of, you know, three minutes where you were trying to explain something, you know? Right. that That's how important this is. And when you come here and, and, and you give us, you know, your voice, you legitimize what we do. And I, I want to thank you for that. It's it's really important to, to us, and, and, you know, as Dialogue Radio Network and, and to myself, you know, uh, we want good for this, for this city, you know? And, and you, you are the... You are so damn humble, it's unbelievable, you know? But, but, but that's good because you did things for the right reasons. Yep. How many times do you hear that? Well, if you didn't do it for the right reason, you know? I, I mean, you are just incredible. I'm glad your health is back. And, uh, you know, you were talking about customer service. When I bought the Hyundai from him, okay? And I just, it wasn't even on the lot yet. It was in the back, and I just saw it, and I said, I want that one. And so, they, these, you know, they ran around. Well, I, this, he, Oscar comes out and helps me with my antenna, because I didn't have an antenna for my satellite radio, he's there putting it on the car. Oh wow, really? That okay. that is customer service, man. That is 
you know, that's what it's all about. And, and Oscar, you're, you're incredible. And, you know, I thank you for all your hard work in helping the city grow. And hopefully, you know, everything will work out with, uh, I'm, you're always going to have your progressives wanting to make things, you know, better and fast. And sometimes better doesn't, you know, it's like vinegar and oil. You know, you, uh, vinegar and water, you can't really mix it, you know, it's fast. But I think we're heading in the right direction in, in, in a lot of ways. But Absolutely. a lot of it was because of your leadership. And thanks for coming down and legitimizing uh, the Dialogue Radio Network. Thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity. And, of course, Mr. Salala, thank you for your friendship. That's what I've always said. Appreciate it, sir. And I thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. Thank you. And thank Mr. you, sir. Thank you. So we're going to go on break, welcome, and we'll be back on the Dialogue Radio Network. Stephanie Townsend Iala. At the law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala and Associates, our attorneys, including Jennifer Coulter and my own daughter, Jessica Clute, fight for the nursing home and home health care rights of the elderly and disabled. I'm attorney Jessica Clute. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Iala also specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid asset protection, and guardianships. Call us at 533-0007. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. We're here. We're back here live at the Accessibility Corner. I do apologize for that. Uh, Mr. Julio Perez, can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can, although um, not very well. Not very well? Okay. Uh, well, that's like always, right? You always. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, Mr. Julio Perez, uh, we just had a conversation with Mr. Uh, Mr. Mayor, and uh, he spoke very highly of you. Um, and uh, first of all, can you introduce yourself real fast, Mr. Mr. Perez? Yes. Uh, so my name is Julio, Julio Perez. I'm of El Paso. And uh, as an employer, that is, we, uh, I am in, in charge of making sure that all of our facilities and our services within the city, you know, recreational centers, libraries, museums, are all accessible to the greatest extent possible, and that's uh, that's what I do. I also oversee the uh, paratransit services within Sun Metro. Well, right now, uh, Mr. Ben, is, uh, before I forget, I need to mention this. Uh, the Accessibility Corner is brought to you by the law office of Stephanie Townsend. Yeah, she's our title sponsor. So, Mr. Ben, is, um, what, what would you say right now is, would you say, the biggest uh, barrier that you see for persons with disabilities in the city? In my opinion... Our greatest challenge we have in our city is our sidewalks and curb cuts, and because it's an older city, when when the law went into effect back in 1990, uh, you know much of the city, the downtown, northeast, west side, etc., uh, had already been built under old uh, that did not require ADA compliance, and since then. The city has been working hard to kind of catch up, but we and we've done a lot, but we just have a long ways to go. Still, we have many areas, especially in those older areas, like I, that do not have uh, sidewalks or curb cuts. Can you, um, for our listeners, can you kind of describe the on-demand program and how that works? Yeah. So here's what what we did, and Mr. Zavala, thanks to you as well citizens with disabilities who advocated and, and went to city council and asked for some funding. So prior to a couple of years ago, uh, the city mainly relied on a city 
calls for each of the owners, property owners, to be responsible for their sidewalks. And so if I received a call by someone who had a disability and wanted to have access to one of our city services, of trying to then contact each of the owners along their path of travel, trying to see what they could do to basically uh, come in compliance with the ordinance. Uh, and there's not a whole lot I could do. But now, been awarding uh, a certain amount of money on a yearly basis. This year, they awarded $500,000 uh, for a uh, for the purpose of helping those individuals with disabilities. So if you are living within the city of El Paso and you continually and you have a disability and you have uh, difficulty access, accessing any one of our services, whether it's a museum, a park, the sector, uh, please call me. When you call me, then we will assess the area, your path of travel, and we'll do whatever we can to see what we can do with those funds available make those areas uh, areas accessible to you. What what number can they, how can they reach out to the city? So they can do it one of two different ways. Uh, possibly the best way to do it so that it's documented and we can follow up on it is 311. You call 311 and you let them know about the issue and it will immediately be forwarded to me and I can follow up on it. There's a number that is assigned to it. You can use it to follow up on, on your request. That is the best way don't remember that number, which is pretty easy to, to learn, 311. Uh, you forget, you can always go to our website, uh, Uh find my name and access, under access, you're under ADA, and you can f call me directly. My number is 212-3005, 212-3005, and let me know of your concern, your request. Now, this also concerning uh, the call, they could call for... Um for also for dis the, uh, uh, disabled parking that's not up to up to compliance too, right? Correct. So the dis the city does have an ordinance that oversees uh, parking, ADA parking, and our police officers and all a, a volunteer workforce that has been trained and authorized to issue citations on you know someone who is using a parking space illegally. Uh, they go out there and they enforce that law. I do want to. I do want to uh, ask. Is that, you, is that what you were talking about? Well, the, can you, someone also call the three one one to to file a concern or complaint regarding the establishment? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I understand what you're saying now. So, if that has uh, ADA parking, but the ADA parking is not compliant, and what I mean by that is maybe there is not enough parking spaces. Maybe there is none, and uh, or there is no van access space, or maybe the signage. Uh, is not there, or the striping on on the uh, pavement is not very vis visible. All of those things can be reported via the 311, and a someone goes out there, looks at the area, and and if they have uh, oversight of that particular building, meaning they they there's a permit on file for that building, and they can always make the owner to uh, make the facility into compliance. And can we talk real briefly before we run out of time, real briefly about the CGBG fund for District 2 and 4 and what that entails? Yes, yes. That's Thank you for bringing that up and thank you for your show on this. 
out. We do have an excellent opportunity this year uh, under the CDBG grant fund, and that's a community grant block development uh, funding that districts um, two and four for any sidewalks or curb cuts along some of the areas that, that need it the most. Uh, and sidewalks is mainly for those areas that are low to moderate income not anywhere throughout our, our those two areas. And so if you have a request or you have an area that you believe could benefit citizens with disabilities in terms of adding sidewalks or curb cuts, please two ways that I mentioned, either by calling the 311 or by calling me directly at 212-3005, and we'll, we'll add that to the list of funding that we are requesting for the year, fiscal year 2018, and September of next year. And also includes, uh, you also, I guess, uh, it also includes uh, APS. Uh, audible, audible signals, correct, sir. So in addition to those two, sidewalks and curb cuts, if intersections within, within those two districts that could benefit from audible pedestrian signals, please let me know. And I'm really, really pleading with the public to tell me what areas would benefit citizens with disabilities. don't have those requests by those citizens with disabilities, I'll be kind of be forced to, um, uh, you know, go out there myself and kind of guess what areas could benefit, which is not really the, the most... Oh, I can't hear him. Is he still online? I can't hear him no more. Can't you should still be there? No, I don't hear him. He's I don't hear him either. No, there's no. Is he still talking or? Well, what he was talking about, folks, is uh, CGBG funding for for curb cuts and audible signals is very important. Uh, I believe the expiration date is December the first. So you you have those issues, you want to reach out to Mr. Julio Perez as, as quick as possible. Either dialing 311 or calling 212-3005. That's his direct line to his office. And without uh, us being participating into this process, you know, our uh, inclusion is going to be kind of held back. So I do encourage uh, listeners to reach out to Mr. Julio Perez and also participate in what's called the Accessibility Advisory Committee, which meets on the fourth Thursday of the month, uh, normally from uh, 2, I believe 2.30 to 4. And we also uh, discuss issues regarding accessibility within the city. That's not only sidewalks, but also products and services. Um, so we also want to be inclusive into that. Um, before I forget, uh, our next up, uh, meeting, or our next meeting, <laughs> sorry about that. Ask if he's there. Uh, Mr. Julio Perez? No, he's calling. No, he didn't call back. No, he didn't call back? I mean, he still says he's here. He still says he's here? No, that's fine. I mean, right. uh, we, let's see if he'll call back. Okay, and um, so we need just, we need the listeners to participate because without that, like I, I always say, no participation, no progress. And going back to my original thought right here before I got tongue-tied, uh, our next uh, show, oh, I believe he's calling back. Hello? Hello, Abel? Yes. Yes, Mom. Hello? I mean, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We're having technical. No, it's okay. That's just fine. Go ahead. All right. So, uh, just reach out to uh, our our next meeting. Or I keep saying that. I apologize. I'm getting thrown <laughs> off by the technical difficulty. Uh, our next show, 
if I can say that correctly, will be on uh, November the 16th. And right now we have scheduled will be uh, Miss uh, Michelle Garcia. She will be calling in from Wash or from Chicago, and she's part of the the, the National Coalition of Latinx or Latinx, sorry, with disabilities. This is an organization that started a few months back, and uh, it kind of goes from different cities, different countries, Puerto Rico. Um, also, well, actually, not a different country because Puerto Rico is part of the United States, uh, but bit different territories. That's a, that's a good word to use. Um, this coalition goes to New York, Illinois, Texas, I believe Florida, California, uh, I believe also, um, I think it's Alabama. There's a big uh, a contingency of this group, which is called National Coalition of Latinx with Disabilities. You can look for them on Facebook. So she will be on our next show, which will be on uh, December or November the 16th. So again, folks, you have been listening to the Accessibility Corner here on Dialogue Radio Network. And I'm proud to say it's been brought to you uh, by the st- law office of Stephanie Townsend Ayala. And Mr. Abel, do it for me, sir. Close it out for me, please, sir. The Wachorosa! I'm Jessica Clute, attorney at law. The law firm of Stephanie Townsend Ayala and Associates specializes in estate planning, probate, trusts, wills, powers of attorney, nursing home advocacy, Medicaid planning, and guardianship.